Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au Since your presence and we're just so grateful that we can be in a place like this where we can gather with your people to worship and to glorify you. And we know something happens as we worship. We know something happens when we're in an atmosphere of worship, Lord God. Your spirit comes, your presence comes. We know that you dwell in the praises of your people, Lord God. So we invite you to come because without you, Lord God, we're nothing. Father, we invite you to come because there are people in, in this congregation who need you above all else, who are going through things that only you can help, Lord God, who have mountains in their lives that only you can move, going through a darkness, Lord God, where only you can shine your light. So come, Holy Spirit. Come with your spirit and come with your presence because we need you above all else. Be glorified today. Let the enemy be put to shame. Stand against every work of the enemy in Jesus' name. Every preconceived idea, Lord God. We thank you that you're building the church and the, great, the gates of hell shall not prevail against her. Be glorified today, I pray. We thank you and ask this in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said, Amen, amen and Amen. You may be seated, thank you. Amen. You glad to be in church this morning? Amen. Amen. Genesis chapter 50, uh, Genesis chapter 50, reading from verse 19. But Joseph said to them, this is Joseph speaking to his brothers, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then don't be afraid. I'll provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and he spoke kindly to them. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. And so, Father, we just thank you for the privilege of being part of this expression of the body of Christ. We just thank you, Lord God, and as we go to your word, I just pray that our hearts and our minds would be open to above all else, hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Father, forgive me of my shortcomings, of my sins, Lord God. Let there be nothing in me that hinders the delivery of this word. Bind every spirit of fear and intimidation. Just let there be freedom to speak the word, to hear the word. And above all else, to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. We pray. We ask it in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Uh, we're in a series entitled, You Asked For It. At Easter, we asked people to tell us what they would like to hear a message on. And last week, we looked at the question, how do I forgive someone that has hurt me? How do I forgive someone that has hurt me? Today, I want to look at a similar topic. How do we handle life's hurts? How do we forgive and how do we deal with the hurts or the wounds in our hearts and lives? One of the things we all need to deal with in life is wounds. 
Wounds come in different shapes and sizes. It's the things people say to us, the things that people do to us. It's unmet expectations. We expected certain things to happen. They didn't happen. And, and now we're, we're carrying wounds or we're carrying hurts in our lives. It's uh, rejection, ridicule, criticism, abandonment. It's amazing how one word that was spoken over our lives many, many years ago by some individual, it's amazing how certain words and certain phrases can stick in our minds and, and can mark our spirits in a, in a very profound way that influence the way we think and the way that we behave. Wounds from our parents and childhood. We live in a fallen world and we need to accept the reality that we will be wounded in life. Can, can, I, can I hear an amen? Just an acknowledgement. We will be wounded in life. Now, there are some of you here today going, well, it's not fair because, you know, I've been hurt so much and wounded and certainly it's not fair that anybody gets hurt or wounded. The reality is at times we are hurt and the, at times we are wounded. But he, here's the other thought that I want us to kind of just deal with in our hearts and minds. At times we also... Hurt and wound. Is, is, is that okay? Mm, yeah. I don't like it when people, you know, hurt me. Um, but the reality is there are times when, when we also hurt and wound others because we live in a fallen world. We need to also understand that there's an enemy that wants to destroy our lives. He sees our potential. He knows how God can use us. And one of the ways He limits our potential is by sowing wounds and offence into our lives, into our hearts, into our spirit. There's this parable where Jesus talks about this farmer that goes out to sow wheat and, and the wheat begins to grow and it's growing really well. And the farmer notices there's some weeds that are growing with the wheat and, and the, the, the workers go to the, to the, to the farmer, they go, well, where, where did this uh, weeds come from? And Jesus says, an enemy came in during the night and sowed weeds into the wheat. I want you to know that there's an enemy that is forever wanting to sow some stuff into our spirit. He sees our potential. He knows who we can be and what we can be. And so what he does is he comes along and he sows a wound. He sows a hurt. He sows a, 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 something in our hearts to try to stop us from being the people that God has called us to be. And we need to understand that no matter what he throws at us, we need to remember that no weapon formed against us shall prevail. There's, there's no weapon. Let the enemy come up with whatever scheme he wants to come up with. No weapon shall prevail against us. And you will refute every tongue that accuses you. And this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. The enemy first tempts us and then we fall into temptation. He then accuses us forever. But the Word of God says that you shall refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage, the inheritance of the servants of the Lord. It's not so much the wounds that we experience in life. It's what we do next that is so important. And I know that I say that all the time, but there's so much truth to this, this one simple principle. People can spend their whole life saying, well, this is what happened to me and this is what, this is what was done, etc., etc., etc." It's not so much what's happened to us, it's what we do next. God was speaking to the people of Israel at what time? And He says this to them, why should you be beaten anymore? 
your whole head is injured, your whole heart afflicted, from the sole of your foot to the top of your head, there is no soundness, only wounds and welts and open sores, not cleansed or bandaged or soothed with olive oil. Some of you feel like that today. Your, your head is injured, your mind is injured, your heart is afflicted. Your whole body from head to toe is filled with wounds and open sores. It feels like your whole self is just one wound after another, one open sore after another. And if that's you today, I want you to know that the God we serve is the God that heals our soul. Can I hear an amen? He's not only the healer of our body, He's the healer of our soul. And so often the wounds in our soul can be can be much deeper and, 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 and much more difficult to deal with than even the wounds in our body. One of the reasons why Jesus came was to heal our broken heart. We read it in the text, Psalm 34. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. The Bible says this in Isaiah about Jesus. He says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. The spirit of God has come upon me. And I'll tell you why the spirit of God is come upon me, says Jesus, to preach good news to the poor. And he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. To, 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 to be able to bind the wounds of those whose hearts have been broken for whatever reason and to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. How many people know that we can be captive in so many different ways and we can be in, a, in different kinds of prison? Not a physical prison, but we can be in prisons in our mind and in our heart and in our spirit. Question is, how does God deal with the wounds of the past so they no longer affect us in the present. And ultimately, even as we spoke last week, it's the grace of God. It's the grace of God. It's the grace of God. And to help us kind of unpack this topic, I want us to consider the life of Joseph. And many of us obviously know the story of Joseph. If you've been in church circles, God gives him a dream. His brothers are jealous of him. And, uh, and so they sell him off as a slave. Um, they tell his dad that he was killed and he's sent off into Egypt as a slave. And he spends the next 13 years um, in slavery and also as a prisoner in one of the cells. And then he becomes, uh, overnight, he becomes the second most important person in Egypt. And in, and in the middle of this story is this beautiful verse that says this, Joseph named his firstborn Manasseh and said, it's because God has made me forget all of my trouble and all of my father's household. It's because God has made me forget all of my trouble and all of my, my father's household. Now, how many people know that Joseph did not forget his brothers? How many people understand that Joseph did not actually forget his household where he came from? So what does it mean here when it says, God has made me forget all of my trouble? What it means is that when Joseph thought about his home and thought about his brothers, it no longer stirred negative emotions within his spirit because God had healed him. God had, God had helped him. God had actually dealt with that wound that was deep in his spirit. And we need to recognize that first and foremost, it's God that heals us. He's our healer. That if we are healed from the wounds in our hearts and in our lives that have marked our spirit in some way, it's because of the grace of God. He is ultimately our healer. Now, as we pray, you know, Lord, heal me. Sometimes he will use counseling. 
And sometimes he will use truth from a book or preaching or prayer at an altar call. But ultimately, healing comes from God. So last week I spoke about forgiveness. And today I want to touch on that again. But I I want to kind of put it in the context of of the healing of wounds and hurts. And and, um, because I believe that there are some things we need to do before we forgive. And I just pray that the Holy Spirit will speak to all of us today. So how does God heal those wounds in our hearts? Well, the first thing that we need to do is believe that our wounds can be healed. We need to believe that our wounds can be healed. Um, What's worse than negative thoughts or wrong thinking is a wounded spirit. Proverbs says this, the spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear? What, this, what Proverbs, what Solomon is saying here is a person can deal with, with a, a broken body, phys- physical sickness, but a wounded spirit, a spirit that's been wounded is much more difficult to deal with. When we lose hope uh, of change, it has the power to mark us deeply. Despair is worse than depression because it convinces us that nothing will ever change in our hearts and life. Despair is is much deeper and much darker than than even depression because despair says nothing is ever going to change in your life. This, This is your lot in life. Just get used to it. Moses was tending sheep in the desert and God speaks to him from a burning bush. He says, I'm going to deliver the people out of Israel and I'm going to use you to do that. So Moses, all excited, goes back to the Israelites and tells them, uh, you know, that God, God, has, God appeared to me in a bush and blah, blah, blah. And, and, you know, he sent me to deliver you out of Egypt. Remember, they'd been in slavery for 400 years. The Bible says Moses reported this to the Israelites but they did not listen to him because of their discouragement and harsh labor. They didn't listen to him because of their discouragement, because they were, they were so down. Their spirit was so crushed and so broken that God, you know, this, this, is, this is an important thing to understand. That their spirit was so wounded, so crushed, so broken. They were in such a dark place that Moses comes with the word of the Lord. This, this wasn't Moses. This was God speaking through Moses. God saying, listen, I've come to deliver you, but they didn't hear the word of the Lord. And there are some of you here today, you, you're so crushed and so broken, you've lost hope. And if that's you today, I, I pray, my prayer as a pastor, my prayer for us as a congregation is that faith will begin to rise in our heart. My, my prayer is that faith, that God is gonna begin to stir something in our hearts that we would once again believe in the name of Jesus, that we would once again believe, um, that the light would begin to shine in our place of darkness. I've bought this print uh, uh, in the last couple of weeks um, uh, for my office and uh, um, it's a picture of the, I wanted a picture of Italy in some description. And anyway, I come across, across this print and I was thinking of getting one of a, you know, a brioche or something, you know, like a croissant or uh, Nutella ice cream or something like that. Just didn't feel very spiritual. But anyway, so I found this one print and it really spoke to me. It's a picture of the Colosseum and, um, and then in the distance, there's light shining. 
There's just kind of the, the, the sun is starting to come up and there's some light shining. And you know, the Colosseum was a place of destruction and for, the, for, the, for, the, for, for God's people, for people that served God. It was a place where Christians were tortured. It was a, it was a, it was a, it was a horrific place if you were a Christian back in those times. But what, but what I love about it is that, is that the sun is beginning to shine. Some of us, I mean, well, I, some of us believe Italy needs Jesus in the name of Jesus. And it kind of represents our own lives, that even in the darkest places, my prayer is that that light would begin to shine in the name of Jesus, that his truth would begin to shine. So we get a glimpse of what he wants to do in our hearts and lives. My prayer today is that we would once again believe that we could be healed, that we would, we would position ourselves to allow God to speak into our hearts and lives. So second thing we need to do, number one is believe. I know that sounds very basic, but we need to believe. That's the first thing. The second thing we need to do if we're going to be healed is acknowledge the wound. It's acknowledge the wound. Again, this might be kind of pretty basic, but we need to accept the reality that we are wounded. We have to get to a point where we say, this actually happened to me and I was wounded deeply. So many people deal with their wounds by denying the reality of them. Oh no, nothing happened or blaming others or medicating their pain through alcohol or drugs or whatever it is. Some, for some people it's work, whatever it is, it's a distraction. Some people have to always be busy, always be busy, always have some noise going on, always on the move. Because staying still means they have to face the thoughts or the reality of what's going on in their hearts and lives. All that does is just intensify the pain. The more we try and ignore the pain, the more it intensifies in our hearts and lives. When Joseph was in prison, he said, I was forcibly carried away and, uh, from the land of the Hebrews. And even here, I've done nothing to deserve being put in a dungeon. Here's Joseph speaking very clearly about the pain that he had in his life. It's not fair what happened to me. It's not fair that I'm, but I'm here. And I've done nothing wrong to deserve being here in this prison. It's probably the hardest step, but it's where healing begins. It's just acknowledging the reality of the pain. It's, 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 just, it's just stopping and declaring, you know what, I feel hurt and I feel wounded. Pastor Joe, some people say, well, what's the point of doing that? What's actually gonna change? It's where healing begins. Healing begins by acknowledging the reality of what's happened in our hearts and in our lives. Third step is we need to find a safe place to express our emotions. After we've acknowledged the wounds, we need to express the pain. Then there needs to be a safe place where we can actually begin to, begin to talk about some of the things that are happening in our hearts and lives. Some people might say, well, Pastor Joe, last week, didn't you speak about forgiveness? Aren't we just supposed to forgive? Isn't that what we're supposed to do? And forgiveness is powerful. I'm going to come back to that one in just a moment. But before you forgive, you need to acknowledge the pain and express the emotions in a safe place. Otherwise, the forgiveness can have, at times, no meaning whatsoever. We kind of do it with our minds. We do it with our, with our lips, but it has no influence because we're still carrying the pain deep in our, in, in our hearts and in our spirit. One person said, before we can forgive our enemies, we need to pray our anger. 
I kind of like that. We talked about that earlier on in the year when we talked about how do we deal with our emotions? One of the greatest ways that we can deal with our emotions is not repress them and it's not express them in a negative or bad way. The greatest thing that we can do with our emotions is pray our emotions. It's bring them into the presence of God. Coming back to the story of Joseph, when he finally reveals himself to his brothers, he said, the Bible says, then Joseph could no longer control himself before all his attendants and he cried out, have, have everyone leave my presence. And so there was no one with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers and he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard and Pharaoh's household heard about it. Why, why did he weep so loudly? The weeping was an expression of the pain inside of him. The, the, the weeping was an expression of, of the pain that he had experienced deep in his heart and deep in his soul. And if, if we're gonna deal with the wounds in our life, we, 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 we need to find a way to express that pain. You've heard me say many times that addictions essentially are medication for pain. We either find a way to express that pain in a safe place or we will try and medicate it with all kinds of addictions. And there's no better place than to express our pain in the presence of God. There's just no better place than to go into the presence of God and begin, begin to just talk to God about the pain that we're experiencing and the emotions that we're experiencing. As we speak to God, there are times when He will get us to speak to someone to help unpack the pain. Some people say, well, Pastor John, I'm just gonna do it in the presence of God. I don't wanna to talk to anyone about this. And that's fine, start with the presence of God. Just start by unpacking those emotions in the presence of God. It's a fantastic place to start. But as we begin to do that, there are times where God will, will prompt us and say, why, why don't you go and speak to such and such a person or the other person? One of the reasons why the church exists, this, this is meant to be a place of healing, a place where we experience healing. There's the story of the Apostle Paul. He finally comes to a, to a knowledge of, of, of Jesus. He finally meets Jesus on the, on the Damascus road and, and he is blinded all of a sudden. Uh, God, God blinds him. God tells him to go into Damascus and wait there. And, and it was there that he tells Ananias. And he says, he says to Ananias, I want you to go to such and such a place. You're gonna find Paul. I want you to pray for him so that he can be healed and his height restored. It is sight restored. Question is, who blinded him? It was God that blinded him. Well, if it was God that blinded him, why didn't God just heal him? And there's a principle in there because sometimes healing comes through the body of Christ. Sometimes healing comes through one another. The Bible says, pray for one another, encourage one another. There are times where healing comes through the, through the body of Christ. The Bible says in James, it says, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. And it's not only talking about sins, but it can also mean our brokenness. It can also mean talk about the wounds that are happening inside of you because it's in that space that we can find healing in the name of Jesus. It's been times in my own life over the years where uh, there's been times when I've, I've just, just, just gone into prayer and just into my quiet time, just beginning to pray God, to pray. And, and I don't know if it's ever happened to you, but I think there's nothing greater than just beginning, beginning to weep. And there has been times where I've just belly wept, you know, when it's not just weeping, it's not just a few tears, it's, it's a weeping that comes from deep inside of you. Anybody know what I'm talking about? 
um, it's this, it's this, and you know that it's God doing something. You know that it's God ministering, healing, and and in, into the into the into your, the depth of your spirit. And there's times where God has has done that in my life, and there's times where healing has come when I've gone to talk to you know people and talk to pastors and and you know just chatted about some of the stuff that I'm going through, and and it's just in that interaction which makes no sense to me, but as you begin to interact, there's just a there's a healing that comes in our hearts and lives. Most of you know that, you know, as a psychologist, I've got to do PD every, every month. I've got to catch up with my friend, um, uh, Ivan, who's a, just a great guy, very experienced psychologist, and I learned so much from him. And, you know, most, most sessions, you know, we catch up once a month. Most times I go, listen, I've got this guy, he's in his mid-50s, uh, struggling with hair loss and a few other bits and pieces, you know, and you know, he's just going through a few things right now. What do you think I should do? You know, so we know what we're talking about, you know. But even with Ivan, I've, had to, I've talked to him about some stuff and, and, you know, he's been able to speak into my life. Let's, let's, not be a, let, let's, let's not let pride stop us from the healing that God wants us to have. Can I hear an amen? Oh, no, but what, if, what will people think? And what will, that's, that's, that, that's a lie from the devil. You know, whenever people come and see me and, and, and people are willing to open up their hearts to me and, and for me, it's sacred ground. It's sacred ground. Someone who's willing to say, okay, I'm gonna trust you with my heart. That's sacred territory. You, you, you don't play around with that kind of thing because it's there that where God does some of his greatest work in, in ministering healing to our hearts and lives. Fourth thing we need to do is forgive those who've hurt us. Again, this can only be done once we've acknowledged our pain, expressed our emotions. Once, once we've dealt with some of that anger and the emotions, the next step is we move to forgiveness. And remember, we talked about last week, this last week, if you haven't heard the message, you can go back and grab that on podcast. But it begins with a simple prayer. It's Lord, we come to God because we understand we need God's help. I choose, it's a decision with the will by the grace of God to forgive those that have hurt me. We acknowledge that forgiveness isn't natural. It's only, it's not a natural response. We, we recognize it's the grace of God because I can't do this. Um, and, and then we begin, to, we begin to pray that prayer and uh, allow God to minister healing in our lives. Going back to the story of Joseph, Jacob dies and his brothers, this is the father dies and Joseph's brothers were afraid that Joseph was gonna re- take revenge on them once the father was dead. So they come up with this plan, this story about what Jacob asked them to say to Joseph. So they go to Joseph and they say, you know, listen, uh, before your dad died, he told us to tell you this. I asked you to forgive your brothers, the sins and the wrongs they committed in treating you so badly. Now, please forgive the sins of the servants of the God of your father. When their message came to him, Joseph wept. He just begins to weep. His brothers then came and threw themselves down before him. We are your slaves, they said. And Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Don't be, am I in the place of God? Am I, am I in the place of God? Joseph could so easily have taken revenge. Instead, he chooses forgiveness, the path of forgiveness. And he sets them free. And in so doing, he was set free from the pain in his own life. One final thing is we need to get an eternal perspective. We need, we need to get a, an eternal perspective, a bigger perspective of what it is we've experienced in our lives. And then there's this powerful verse, you intended to harm me, 
but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. God can use whatever pain we have experienced in our lives. God can use whatever pain we've experienced in our lives. Look at Joseph's life. It was one wound after another. It was betrayal, slavery, prisoner. This was year after year. It, jo Joseph was in this place 13 years. 13 years. You know, I mean, I can handle it for a week. I can handle it for a month. I'll give you one year, max. <laughs> I won't give you any more than that, I can assure you. Year after year after year. And you just think about the betrayal, a wound. Slavery, it's not fair. Prisoner, year after year. And all the while, God was bringing him closer and closer to his destiny. You just, you just need to think about this because, because every, every wound was a step closer to his destiny. Every, the betrayal of his brothers was, a, was, a, was, a, was a, a, a step closer to his destiny. Here was this cart that had come, happened to come along and they sell Joseph off and off he goes, the Midianites and Joseph is screaming. He's screaming for help from his brothers and his brothers are saying, see you later. And here was a cart that was ordained by God to bring Joseph to his destiny of being number two. It was slavery. He was in, he was in Potiphar's house already. Potiphar knew him. It was the prisoner, it was, in, it was in the prison where Joseph, it was in the, can you imagine he was there a couple of years, a couple of years in a prison cell, a couple of years of staying faithful to God, a couple of years of worshipping God and it was, in, it was in those 13 years where God was shaping and forming him and, and testing him. The Psalms actually says that God was shaping him and, and testing what was in it. It was forming his heart. Because Joseph in the initial stages was actually a very proud young boy. But in the, in, 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 in the wounding, in, the, in that process of 13 years, God was, God was shaping his heart and he became this amazingly humble guy. And all the while God was bringing him to his destiny. It's like every wound was bringing him closer to his destiny. God has a way of using the pain in our lives for his glory. In, in, if you wanna be healed from the wounds, yeah, You've got to refocus and start to, start to look at the bigger picture. Get your attention off your past and onto God's plan for your future. There's a time to deal with the past and there's a time to move into the future. There are some of you that are saying, Pastor Joe, I, I get that for Joseph. I get it. I can see one, two, three. I get that. Got it. Thank you. I just quite can't, I can't quite see how God is going to use what's happened to me. I, I can't see it. I'm really sorry. And neither can I see it. But I don't know, but as, as you begin to go into the presence of God, as you begin to worship, as you begin to bring what's happened to you into God's presence, something begins to shift. Something begins to change. Suddenly our eyes are open. There's a time to deal with the past. And then there's a time to move into the future. Paul said, brothers, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what's behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Forgetting what is behind. I strain towards what is, what is it. I press in. I press in.
to the future. Pressing in is a choice. Pressing in is a choice. I believe really strongly when it comes to this whole healing of our emotions and so on, there's a season of healing that we need to go through. It's a season. Sometimes that season can happen in an instant. God can heal us instantly. Sometimes it takes time. Sometimes it can take a period of time for God to minister to the deepest wounds in our spirit. But then there's a time when that season finishes. We need to move into the next season. Some people want to spend that whole, their whole life in that season of, you know, I'm broken, I'm wounded. Reality is we're all broken and wounded. Can I hear an amen? That wasn't really a loud amen. That's right, especially the one sitting. We're all broken and wounded. Especially the one sitting in your seat. Is that right? Mm, yeah, that's the one. That's the one I was going to say. Mm, oh, yeah, me. <laughs> We're all broken and wounded. And you know, the enemy wants to always focus on the past. He always wants to bring us back. And Paul says, pressing in, pressing forward, pressing into the future so that I can be everything that God has called me to be. Every day we'll be tempted to slide back. But by His grace, every day we're going to slide forward in Jesus' name and be what God has called us to be. The Bible says this in Job. It says, if only you would prepare your heart and lift up your hands to Him in prayer. Get rid of your sins and leave all iniquity behind you. Then your face will brighten with innocence. You will be strong and free of fear. You'll forget your misery. It will be like a water flowing away. Notice what it says. It says, lift your hands in prayer. Just turn to God. Get rid of your sins. Might not necessarily be sins, but stop trying to get revenge. Stop trying to fix this yourself. And if you do, you'll forget your misery. It'll be like water flowing away. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be nice? Can I hear an amen? Bible says Joseph named his firstborn Manasseh. And said, it's because God has made me forget all my trouble and all my father's household. And maybe you've been carrying a hurt for so long. And you feel like throwing in the towel. And we've got a choice. We can either wallow in self-pity. We can either hide, ignore, repress, express. We can either do all kinds of stuff with the pain. Or we can just bring the pain into the presence of God. Pastor Joe, I'm not, I'm not ready to talk to anyone. That's cool. He, he, the Holy Spirit doesn't force us to do anything. I'm not ready to talk to anyone. Okay, let's do step one. Let's step one. Let's just go into the presence of God. It's you and God. That's a good place to start. Oh my goodness, that's, that's the best place to start. Just go into the presence of God. Let's start being honest about what's going on. Let's start to be honest about the feelings. Let's, let's not lie about what's really going on inside the mind and the heart anymore. Let's actually, let's actually call it what it is and let's bring it into the presence of God. Maybe that's the first step. Because that's a great step. And some of you might be just there. Others might be ready to talk to someone. Some of you don't even necessarily need to. Maybe, maybe you're ready to forgive someone. Or maybe you need to press into the future. Sometimes we just say to ourselves, it's not fair, Pastor Joe. It's just not fair. It's not fair that I have to deal with this. It's not fair. All of us have got a version of it's not fair in our lives. All of us, all of us, all of us. And I want you to know that 
We can be encouraged by a contemporary of Joseph. His name was Jesus. Jesus was perfect. This guy was perfect. Yet he was abandoned by his disciples, those closest to him, misunderstood by the religious leaders. And in the end, what did they do to him? They crucified him on a cross. What did he do wrong? Nothing, nothing. If he experienced wounds, how much will we? Bible says in Isaiah, yet he was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised and he was held, we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that bore us peace was on him and by his wounds, we can be healed. Not just physically, but also spiritually and emotionally. If there's someone who understands our pain, it's Jesus. And by his wounds, we can be healed. Can I hear an amen? Will you stand with me? Just bow your heads in just a moment. Ask the worship team to sing a song. Got a few minutes left, so it's really good. Uh, just as I was praying this week, thinking about this message and wrestling with it, I uh, just felt very strongly to give people an opportunity to be prayed for. And sometimes we've got to take a step. Sometimes it's a step of faith. And it's probably the hardest, the hardest step of all. And just want to invite you to do that today. I, in my life, I've been through, I've been to hundreds of older calls, hundreds, hundreds. Got a lot of issues, hundreds of older calls. And at the older call, God, God does things. Some things can be broken. Sometimes it's just the step. There may be some of you today as I was speaking that God was speaking to you and you'd like prayer today. And as a worship team, as a pastoral team, we're just going to pray with you. We're going to pray alongside of you. We're, we're, we're not going to have any magic in our hands or power in our hands, but we're just going to pray alongside of you. And my prayer is that the Holy Spirit is going to come and that Christ is going to minister to your heart at the deepest level. Can I hear an Amen. So I'm going to ask the worship team to sing a song. And maybe there's no one. That's cool for me. i got to be obedient. So many times in my life where I had a prompting, didn't obey, didn't sleep for a week. I'm not doing that. I want to sleep this week. So there may be some of you that as I, as I was speaking, the Holy Spirit was speaking to you. Pastor Joe, how do I know whether I should come? I tell you, your heart is pumping out of your chest and you just feel, or you just heard a small voice of the Holy Spirit. Yep, you need to go. And we're just going to pray with you. We're not going to ask you any questions or anything. You don't need to do nothing. It's just a simple coming alongside of you and just believing with you that by His grace and for His glory, these wounds are going to be healed in Jesus' name so that you can be everything that God has called you to be. Worship team is going to lead us in song. If you want to come, you come. Then we're going to bring the service to a close. Thank you.